listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the latest and greatest AntsMarching.org podcast. I am Jake, and I am joined, as I usually am lately, by Kevin. Kevin, go ahead and say hello. Hello, everybody. And we are also joined by Joe M., the famous Joe M., who's actually seen every single show this year plus three. Joe, say hi. Ah, that's the crowd cheering in the background. Hi. And guess who's here? You're not going to believe this, everyone. I hope you're sitting down for this. Matt Yeti is actually here with us again. Remember him? Matt Yeti? Matt, say hello. They dug me up, they unfroze me, and reanimated me just for this podcast. So good to be back. Booze in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You should see his holographic image. Yeah, like Tupac. Like Tupac at Coachella. I'm back. We we like to refer to ourselves as the Big Four, but then Zach, uh, who's the other uh, admin, gets upset. So we're not going to say the Big Four. We're going to say like the Big Four-ish. I think that would be big more 4. proper. 5. Exactly. Yeah, that that would work out. So anyway, we it's been a while since we've done a tour or done a um, done a podcast, and there's a tour going on right now by the Dave Matthews Band. And as I alluded to earlier, Joe M uh, loves to go see them live. So Joe, how many shows have you seen this year? Uh, one, two, three, four, nine, seven so far. Seven. I have Nerd. seen one. Matt, you have seen zero. Right, correct. And and uh, Kevin, you have seen zero as well. Zero. Okay. So let's start. Uh, let's just start off with a tour because really, the Dave Matthews Band is a touring band. Just overall, uh, J- Joe, go ahead and just you know just give us the feeling of the shows that you've been to. You can even say where you went to if you want to. Just give us a feeling of, of the shows you've went to. What you thought. Well, if I told you the shows I went to, I'd have to kill you. So I won't tell you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so I went to uh, tour openers because I have a thing about going to tour openers the past few years. Um, I love the surprise and have no idea what you're going to get. It's even though that's still it from night to night. The openers just are a, an extra level of that because you don't have you don't have a night before to go to. So first time to Texas also. So checked out Woodlands and checked out Dallas, and that's kind of my thing lately is to try out some new venues and Woodlands is kind of a cool venue for those that haven't been before. It's like in the middle of a shopping center where you can, a whole bunch of ants got together um, and hung out at a pub uh, and walked across the street into the venue. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool setting. Joe, that's not and, the uh, cricket venue, is it? Uh, wireless cricket? Yeah, uh, it might have been. It might have, well, no, Woodlands is the... Is the no, no, that, no, no, I'm, Woodlands- I'm sorry, the, the actual crickets, not the name, but um, remember a uh, few years back they had that problem? I think that's a new venue. Now you're going to make me look at something, okay, aren't you? Ahead. I'll listen to you type over that great mic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I love typing in the background. Joe and I were, were prepping for this podcast and worrying and doing microphone level tests. And hey, can you hear me type in here and there? And we got it just about right. And then here comes Jake with his 1974 IBM clacker. Oh, let me look that up. <laughs> Let's just set the record straight, uh, Kevin. That was you typing, correct? It sure. It sure was. It sure <laughs> was. Could have oh, been either that. one. That. Uh, that was a um, fail. That was a fail. So um, another th- crazy thing about this venue, they pump air conditioning down to the, the the lower sections, like the pit and the lower reserve is air conditioned, and it's an outdoor it's an outdoor amphitheater. So um, pretty crazy thing. Band had a lot of energy to start. Dave sounded great. And checked out that show in Dallas. The two SPAC shows. Um, to Alpine shows, and uh, most recently the St. Louis show, uh, right before the latest Pittsburgh shows here. So um, 
uh, some great shows, and they're pretty varying between all of them. And the band has really matured over the course of it. If you look at the the set times or how much we got, everyone's kind of uh, at the after the Woodlands. The opening sh- uh, show of the tour was kind of concerned about the length of the show, but that's somewhat typical for the early shows in the tour. And they they built out the the shows have been getting longer and longer. And I mean, I haven't heard what final things have come in for the Alpine weekend, but there were some of the some of the longest uh, shows, uh, at least initially, being reported. So some some really great stuff. Some new songs coming out. A lot a lot of new stuff from the album. So the four kind of new ones, uh, um, or is it now five? We got we got Mercy, Sweet, Gaucho, If Only, and the Riff. Um, so getting to hear a little bits in the new album. We we speculated about that at the beginning of or last the last podcast we did right before the tour started on what we thought would come out in the tour, and I think they've um, exceeded our expectations playing more of the album than at least what I predicted during the tour. I, I think that's what we talked about. We thought there would be about four, and we've already heard five, and there's a good chance we're probably going to hear another one, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, incidentally, the Invasion of the Crickets was actually August 13th, 1998 in Dallas, Texas okay. at uh, the Starplex Amphitheater. That that show is uh, remarkable because because of the crickets that overwhelmed uh, Carter, Carter yeah. on the drums that they had to fill time because Carter walked off the stage because his drum set was covered in crickets. That was the first full band appearance of the song Spoon, by the way. Uh-huh. Spoon. So, Jake, yes. you had said you know Chance several here another another song here uh, from the album Live before the tour is out. I can't recall where I heard it. I think it was when the album pre-order was posted. And one of the blurbs, I can't remember if it was on Music Today or Live Nation or something. And the blurb was saying something about the eight songs already played live this tour. And it it sounded like it was um, text that was put out too soon kind of thing. And And I wish I knew where I saw it or exactly what the verbiage was. But the gist I got from it was... You've already heard eight of these songs now by the album. So my guess is either they had already planned to play that many by now, or by the time the tour is over, they're going to have played eight songs off the album. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I think that was a typo, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they, they were uh, trying to refer to something else and just got ahead of themselves. Ah. Um, I think that they were just trying to say, this tour, there's going to be eight songs released. That was talking about the bonus discs. Um, I still think that there's going to be one more song played. In fact, there might be two more songs played, depending on what happens at the Dave and Tim show coming up, um, which is actually going to be on the 15th. We're actually recording this on, I don't know what today is. Today's the 14th? 14th. Yes. So, yeah. So there could be another uh, song played tomorrow from that, which we will uh, talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But I, I still think that there's one song full band um, that has a great potential to be played live, but I think the oh, um, wait, 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 wait! I gotta yes. ask, what venue is going to hear it? Well, let's let's all of us. I think are hoping it's going to be West Palm Beach, and I think there's <laughs> well, a good chance of that. Now, at least now, as of the last hour, all of us. <laughs> yes, Matt, yes. Yay, Matt! Matt, Matt has been decided to uh, ten minutes before this podcast, or an hour before this podcast, to book a flight to West Palm Beach from from the state of Washington. <laughs> Uh, Less Joe, than Joe what? Talk me into it. Four four days before or whatever, or a week before the uh, the concert. Well, I'm lucky that my job lets me kind of bounce too whenever I feel like it. I don't do it often, I suppose, right? So they get to abuse me 364 days out of the year, and that one day I can turn around and kind of say, "I'm going to do this," and it works. So and I, and yeah. then I, 
the day I get to abuse you too. Well, of course, of course, everyone gets their lumps in now, so we'll be even for the rest of the year until the gorge, when Joe M comes out um, to now my new home home venue, and maybe one of these days Jake and Kevin will make an appearance as well. I, I think Kevin's again, been there. I've been tw- I've been twice. Well, you know, not with me is what I'm saying. So hopefully, uh, it doesn't count, right? It's a date. <laughs> yes, I, I have not been. I, I plan on going there one day. It looks like a beautiful venue. It's, it's on my short list of places to go. Which, speaking of, I have already been to a show this year, and I went to Bethel Bethel Woods, which is the most just beautiful venue. Just the actual amphitheater is gorgeous. It's really really nice. I think it was built in around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It's very very nice. Everything looks brand new. It's it's at the uh, it's near the location. It's not at the location, but it's near the location of the Woodstock concerts. So it has some sort of history to it. And as you drive into, um, you drive into the venue, everyone and their brother is selling uh, tie dyed shirts as you go in. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, the only fallback to the actual place is there's one road in and one road out. So it Ooh. took us yeah a, a two hour drive from Connecticut took us about. Three and a half on the way back. Kind of sounds like Darien in a little way. It's it was unbelievable. I mean, literally unbelievable. There was no, and and I had ran into a friend of mine who's an Ants Plus, Randy, um, who had I talked to his girlfriend and and she had told us a, kind of like a back way to get out. So I was like, okay, we're gonna get out of here, no problem. And and the police had all had us going one way, so we just could not leave. We were like stuck at the place. So it was good. It was good to see the new um, the new songs like you were talking about, Joe. I think the new songs are going over quite well with the fans. It seems like the hardcores, quote unquote, the people that are listening to this podcast right now, are big on the rift. Is that the feeling you got, Joe? Yeah, I think that people are really loving that one. Have you heard it yet, Matt? You know, to be honest with you, uh, I that first night when it came out, somebody threw up a video on YouTube real quick, and we all know how well a cell phone picks up. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as, as good as the tapers microphones are. You can't believe how absolutely poor an iPhone does just sticking it up in the air. So whatever judgment I can get off of that, I have actually done, for the first time as a fan, a pretty good job of not saturating my my ears with the new songs yet. Um, I've listened to Mercy, oh, I don't know, th- three times maybe. Um, I've heard Sweet. Did he play Sweet on uh, Jimmy Fallon or, or one of the uh, late night shows or was that just Mercy? Just mercy. Okay, Just yeah. Mercy. So, I mean, really, I am avoiding everything. Um, and so we'll see. Uh, just the, the couple listens I've had are eh, but that's okay. I mean, I have a lot of songs that I love now that I didn't care for on the first listen. So I'm completely raw going into these shows, and uh, that's going to be a new experience for me, actually. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I am. So well, I don't, well, I don't have and, to say. And when you say eh, uh, Help us put that into perspective. Are you saying eh compared to Big Whiskey? Eh compared to I'm Mercy? Um, uh, yeah, whatever you're whatever you're saying the, eh to. Are you comparing that to you know the two um, songs I've given a, a listen to are, are really are Gaucho and uh, and Mercy. Um, I think the guitar is interesting on Gaucho. Uh, actually, it's kind of cool. I like that. And I think we've had this discussion before, but uh, one of the things that has defined the band and Dave Matthews' songwriting up to, I would say, stand-up, not including stand-up, is the guitar riff, right? You've got that catchy and completely unorthodox lick that he lays down. Um, we had talked way back that the stand-up album contains none of that. 
for the most. I mean, barely any. I went through and I consciously looked for one in each song and couldn't find one. But um, that's one thing in Gaucho that I think is there. Um, Mercy listening to it, uh, it was really weird. I'm listening and I keep waiting for the interesting part to grab me. And I just kind of, the song ends. I'm like, well, it's done already. I mean, nothing really happened. At the same time, later that night, I'm humming it in my head. I, so, I don't know yet. It hasn't developed a personality mercy, for me yet. Mercy. mercy or space between? Oh, <laughs> Oh my God! Please, come on! Seriously, apples and bowls. Well, we got, we got, we got to have them say. You gotta, gotta pick something. I, I cannot judge Mercy in any kind of comparison yet to a song that I've heard for the last eleven years. I can't do it. Speaking of space between, Dave's been uh, ripping it out solo for uh, shows recently, and it is much, much, much better. Dave Solo. Let's even look. I, I am the biggest everyday basher on the face of the earth, and it is much, much better. I give him credit for it. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I do. Uh, Kevin, you are kind of the opposite of Matt in, in many ways, and, <laughs> and one in which is that you've heard a lot of the new songs um, from the fan recordings. So, what is your impression as not seeing a show, but you've heard the fan recordings, and of course, you've heard the two uh, studio cuts? Um, I have many mixed emotions on the subject simply because in the past years, especially when the last two albums came out, I didn't really listen to the versions quite as much live until I'd heard them because I wanted it as a surprise. Now I, I've been listening to them pretty much hardcore. I've pretty much listened to every show this tour. Um, I still haven't heard a good, a good recording of the riff from the positive remarks I'm getting from people at the shows. Everybody that I've heard that has been at the show and heard it is loved it. But I go and listen to it and it seems a little bit bland just because I don't think it's, it's picking up all the, the right notes and punch parts. I, I guess the lyrics are good. Mercy. I have to agree 150% with Matt. I listen to it and I wait for it to pick up. I think the end, I, the piano to me is, is, not the best thing I've ever heard out of Dave. But um, at the end of the night, I catch myself just singing it in my head all night. All night. And uh, same thing pretty, with Gaucho. Right? I, I find yeah. it pretty. Yeah. And Definitely. Dave's expanding on the piano part live now. And he did a, he did more in Alpine than he did most recently at um, St. Louis. But, um, you know, instead of just the traditional kind of four notes that he plays in the recording, he's kind of putting some um, fill in there and, and get a little bit more free with it. So it's, right. it's even adding a little bit more. Well, see, if what I'd like to see happen with that is I'm not a big out of my hands fan either. Although every now and again, I like to pop it on. It's smooth. It's. You know, I, I like you the vibe. Do? Every now and again. Once, You're the one? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, every now and again. I'm, you know, there's many extremiating circumstances to how I get to feeling that way. But um, what he should do is I, I saw it pop up and I'm like, all right, that kind of fits. You know, Mercy into Out of My Hands. Now, you take the original Mercy outro and just take it straight into Out of My Hands. Be done with it in eight minutes rather than have it. Mercy be a 10-minute song and then go into a five-minute rendition of Out of My Hands. It's just an extended bathroom break for me. I went to uh, the show in Bethel, as I mentioned, and I, I went with my brother-in-law and his wife. 
and I'm ashamed to say that my uh, sister-in-law, my brother-in-law's wife, actually fell asleep during the outro <laughs> of Mercy. Um, oh, and you know, Ouch. it's 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 three minutes too long. It it really is. It's I mean I don't know other way to say it. The rift. I think uh, Matt, you and Kevin are both going to be very impressed when you hear it live. It is so much better live. It's just it's so you, there's so much missing. And the tapers do a great job of capturing the shows, but there's just so much going on in the song that sometimes gets buried a little bit from from a, a fan recording with everything else going on in the background. But I I was the same way uh, that you guys were when you heard the rift. It's just kind of like eh, it's not really that great. But when I heard it live, I said, "Wow, that is really." A great, great song, and I get it. I think they've done a good job, and, and this is somebody who hasn't listened to a single show this year. Um, just has basically been browsing the set lists. I haven't seen a diversity to the set list um, like this in a, a long time, if ever. Uh, I just you, you see these old songs pop up and then kind of go away. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I like because if you were at one of those shows that typical popped up at, and then it kind of gets tucked away. You can still feel special. Where I remember the years of the past, uh, a song like, you know, this is a bad example for this tour, but Halloween, okay? So they're playing it semi regular now. But let's say, you know, four years ago, they'd play Halloween, and man, that's awesome. Great. It comes out of nowhere. But then they'd play it the next three shows in a row. And I get from the band standpoint that, man, that was fun. Let's do that again. At the same time, I got to be honest, as a fan, it takes some of my specialness out of it, right? Oh, big deal. So he's going to play it the next. Three, three shows now. They're not doing that this year. They're they're mixing it up. Seek up sprinkled in. Minarets sprinkled in. Grace is gone. Uh, I, I just think it's really diverse what they're doing with these shows. Is that and from an outsider, Jake and Joe, we got in seeing shows this year. Is that the feeling in the crowd too that you know anything can pop up? I, I, that's the feeling I got in the show I went to. Was really we have no idea what we're going to hear. In fact. The show I went to, we heard Minarets, and Minarets is very different, even from when it was played in 2010, where Dave did sort of like a solo intro. Now it almost has like a Mexican salsa intro. It's very horn-oriented, which is different from where it was before, where it had the Middle Eastern feel. Mm -hmm. It's very, very different. I also saw the show uh, where Typical popped up, and and Typical was great. And it was kind of interesting because I think that Typical is a song that is – beloved by the hardcores, the people that would be listening to us right now. But the rest of the crowd is sort of in between on it. It had a very interesting feel at Bethel. Now, Bethel's a, a, a weird place a little bit in a way because it's two hours from New York, so you get a lot of hardcore fans that are there, but you also get a lot of casual fans that are from the greater New York and even into Connecticut and Pennsylvania area that will drive you know two hours to a show. Upstate New it, York, my hometown you know, in that area. I, you know, I've been to a lot of areas in the country, and probably save for Seaville, um, I would say that I haven't met a group of people in an area that's more into the band than, than upstate New York. I mean, right there in Albany, Saratoga, that is the band's wheelhouse. Um, so Bethel, no question what you're talking about, Jake, is, is feeding off that a little bit. It, it is, and it was weird because it felt like and, – and also, and this is something that's been rather, um, I guess, peculiar – for this tour, and a lot of people have commented not only in Ants Plus but also in the regular boards, is that the flow of the shows have, have been a little um, different than they've been from the past. And Joe, I'm sure you've realized this in the 17 shows you've seen this year. 
is that <laughs> it's you know there might be three or four slower songs quote unquote in a row and you know mercy into typical is you know for a hardcore fan it's like oh my god they just play typical that's unbelievable but for a more casual fan it might be okay this is two slow songs in a row and it's 19 minutes it, it's it's bizarre it's it's been a it's been a weird tour, I guess, in terms of song flow. Yep. Well, and to build on that, there we're in our um, what I think there's 16 more shows in the in the tour this summer, 15, 16, Somewhere and we're already at I think um, 93 songs have been played already. To put that put that in perspective, in 2010, 98 were played all summer tour, and that was the most songs they'd ever played. That's something that I want to add to uh, to Tour Central. We're going to be adding that kind of stat sometime soon here. But I, I like that you brought that up because to be able to see the the sonic width of their uh, of their catalog reach is, is is a cool stat to, to view it across um, tours. So, speaking of adding things to the site, we should throw our little nice little advertisement in here before, uh, about some of the cool stuff that uh, Matt's been doing. Actually, yeah, this is a good time. Matt, why don't you talk about the the applications uh, for your phones and such that you've uh, recently upgraded and actually added in? Yeah, so I know that some people have been kind of um, saying, you know, this app lacks this or this app isn't working all that well. Um, it's one of those things that I don't know if anybody out there is a programmer, but it requires a lot of focus, and it's very intense. And, and my personality, you know, I, when I get into it, I'm either hardcore into it or I'm not at all. So and, and then on top of that, doing multiple platforms really it spreads me thin on top of my my job and and all my you know requirements. I, I am I'm getting married this fall, so a lot going on. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> so so anyway, the uh, what I just came out with, uh, we did just came out with, is uh, DMB Live Setlist for Windows Phone. Now it's not the most popular platform just yet. I like it. I think it's cool. Um, I do think it will get more popular as time goes on. But uh, basically, we've we've rolled out an app for the Windows Phone platform. Uh, it's beautiful, by far the most nicest looking uh, mobile app that we have. And what that does is it uh, shows you your live set list or what they played last night. If it's not the show's not going on right now, it also shows you the uh, tweets from ants who have said they're going to the show. It follows them for the period of time during the show and kind of gives you updates. And if they post a picture or a video or anything, you can click that and it'll take you to the the website where they post the picture and show it to you. It also gives you a um, an area that gives you kind of a snapshot of uh, stats for the tour, how many song, uh, shows they've played so far, how many ants have been there, the rarest song, the most played song, things like that, just a little snapshot. But it's cool. It's available for uh, 99 cents in Windows Marketplace. So that uh, that's something that we're really excited about. It utilizes uh, Microsoft's push notifications, which are an awful lot like Apple's um, in terms of what's called a toast notification, but it also has... A live tile aspect, which is uh, unique to the Windows, <clears throat> pardon me, the Windows Phone experience. That uh, basically, if you pin the app to your start menu, make it a favorite, more or less, <clears throat> it'll put a tile there. But when the show is going on and a new song goes, you'll get your push message. At the same time, your live tile will flip over, and it will give you a different picture, and it'll show you what they're playing. So it kind of gives a, a living, breathing feeling to the app. So it's something that I'm really proud of. We're really proud of, and, and excited about. On that same note. I've also updated the Android uh, version of that app. Um, I'm going to be, over the next few weeks, fleshing out the functionality to match what I just ex- uh, described in the Windows version. But but to start with right now, there is an update now available for free 
on the Android store, um, for anybody who's already bought it, I should say, it's, it's only a dollar, um, that basically utilizes the same method for pushing um, songs as the iPhone and Windows does. So when I first put that app up a couple of years ago, Google did not have a push notification service up there. So the app had to do all that work. Now, uh, the same code that pushes for iOS and for Windows now sends a notification to your Android phone as well. So the app's a lot more reliable. It's a lot more stable. It's written from the ground up to support this. So I've, if you've already bought the app, go download the update right now. And over the next couple of weeks, I'll be um, putting out an update, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, to do the tweet stuff and the tour info. Uh, that being said, the iOS, the iPhone app um, as well, will be getting the update treatment. The Twitter part of it's going to be updated to work a little better, and we're going to add the tour info in there as well, give it a little visual over ramp, overhaul, and uh, bring it all up. But yeah, I've been busy, basically. <laughs> but and, and then and Windows 95 is after all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for you guys screaming out there, clamoring for that, take it easy, it's coming. <laughs> and they've gone over really well, so good job with that, Matt. We do appreciate all the hard work on that. And, and speaking of uh, something you mentioned about Twitter, I also want to mention to everyone out there that's been following Ants on Twitter, and if you're not, what the hell are you thinking? Because you should be. We've been tweeting from pretty much every single show, and I, I want to give some thanks to the good people of Ants Plus who have been helping us out for the shows, like the one show that Joe didn't go to this year. So <laughs> we've been trying to provide a lot of... Um, information of what's going on not just the standard oh my god they're playing if only you know the actual stuff that's going on that would be interesting to people that were following the ants twitter and we try to tweet on that a lot and actually the four of us that are talking right now are the ones that mainly tweet on that and uh give you guys a good idea what's going on we just tweet out random stuff and songs and you know kevin tweets out crazy stuff sometimes but we don't hate him for it or anything like that that's well not yet at least but anyway um so if you're not following the Ants Twitter, please do that too and download every single app. Even if you don't have a Windows phone, just you know, buy one and, and download it. For the heck of it. So, but I want to get back to one quick thing about the tour because, uh, as we've mentioned, Matt's going to West Palm now and Kevin's going to West Palm now. So, Kevin, let's start with you. What song, I mean, just overall, it doesn't matter if it was played or not, but what song do you really, really want to hear in West Palm Beach? Oh. It, usually I have something right off the bat, but not seeing this band in two years, I don't care. I really don't. Good answer. At, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm back in talking with all you guys and all the, all the other Florida ants and all the other friends from around the country and just hearing everybody traveling. Like, I've, I've got an itch, and the only cure is more DMB. Like, it's pathetic, but it's true. Um, it just just an, a very, very exciting time for me. As you guys know, not to upstage you, Matt, but I will be getting married in 14 days. Yeah. So well, it's a pretty should have, you should have upstaged me about a year ago, but the weather gods did not agree. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that. Huh? No. Um, so we're, we're just excited and uh, just to be around some good friends and just to be out there and back in rotation with, with our favorite band, the best, the best band, in my opinion, in the world. So, But that being said... Um, I've spent some time with my buddy Matt Lennon the other day. You guys, you guys know Matt the Hammer, yes, on Ants, and um, we we came to a mutual agreement. We need to hear some recently. Why that is not being played with such a diverse set list this tour is beyond me. 
I would love some recently. Wow, that would be from great. the 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 DMB tracks that came out, live tracks that came out with that old school recently. And that intro, I'll I'll catch myself singing it all the time. Just like that old school recently intro is is just butter. Um, but I also you mean, would you like mean the this. one the one from ninety uh, three, the live tracks twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's uh just the whole intro rhymes and it flows so well. But that that song was great, and I wouldn't mind seeing to pat my stats a little bit. And I know you guys will laugh at me, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it pop up with how big Boyd Tinsley is right now. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a little True Reflections. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna, I'm not lie. gonna lie either. I'm gonna completely um, counter that Matt. opinion. Matt, have you ever seen True Reflections? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it a few shows in a row when I used to kind of pull a Joe M and go to many. And uh, I think Joe, there was a you... running joke one winter tour. I can't remember what year it was. But I think they tried to see how many songs they could play before everybody stopped going to the shows. Oh. And uh, they won. They won. Joe, have you seen it? I have many years ago. And don't ask me what when it was. But... Um... I'd have you now. You're making me curious, so I'll have to look up when that is. But well, uh, while I you're have looking to... it up because I know I've seen it in 1999 at Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I tell you right now, I love True Reflections. I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I got I got one on my side. It is is a fun song, and I I think it would be great. I would actually love to hear what Jeff and and Rashawn bring to the song. And especially because Carter, as as many, if you've seen the, sh- if you've heard the song live before, you might know that Carter actually sings a lot more along yeah. with Boyd on it. I think Rashawn could do the same thing, and it just could be a lot of fun. I think it would be great. I would love to hear that song again. And you know, to be honest with you, that's kind of a stage, the stage that I'm in in the DMB tour, um, and like my relationship with the band, I guess you could say, like. I started out with the band as fun. I never had more fun than doing anything but going to those shows and those tailgates and meeting all those people. Then I got to a point when I you know, was doing Joe M's every summer for a few years, I got a little snobby. And um, I got brought down, brought back down to earth, and I was like, this is, all this is about fun. And that, it's not the best written song, not musically or vocally or anything but i think the song is it's fun and uh i can't believe it was this long ago i i I pulled up to essential here it was winter 2000 i can't believe it was 12 years ago that that i was griping about this right but pretty much every show in the 2000 winter tour and then there's a run here in june and july and into august and it starts in may actually uh all the way back to uh that first show they played at uh, Seaville, the Scott Stadium. Uh, so 2001 as well. They played Wait, you, you went to Scott Stadium? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I'm just saying that's when they played oh, it. okay. I was going to say, my God. <laughs> no, but I, I was at that Pepsi that. Arena show that winter in 2000, and I think I hit Fleet Center as well uh, the two nights after that. And then they played MSG, and I think, was that a big show, 2000? Um no, not really. They played Cortez and Exodus, actually, which is kind of cool. But, uh, boy, the sets used to be so much shorter. That's crazy, these long songs. Yeah, but, it's uh, 12 songs or something like that. Yeah, I looked at mine, too, and mine was during that 2000 run. Gundarina Cleveland was when I only time that I heard it. But I, I, I have it in what I'll consider 
fairly good standing that it it, it may not be played again. Um, but you never know. I've seen it three times. Wow. Is I only it, have one. I only have that one. Three times I, too many for you, huh, Matt? That's yeah, yeah, that's that seems like a lot. That might be the the course record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If anyone's actually heard it more than, than Matt has, which is three times, send an email to Matt or to the whatever our what is it, staff at something at ants or something yeah, like staff, that? Staff staff will work. Send there. We'd love to know if you actually heard True Reflections more than three times. I like the song. Look, I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. I think it's a fun song. There's actually some really cool versions of it from back in the early '90s. In fact, um, the the DMB live show, which is from Memphis, actually has two songs that Boyd sings lead on. He sings True Reflections, and he and Dave share the lead on Angel from Montgomery. And they actually close the show with True Reflections. It's just it's crazy. I mean, just think they the encore song was True Reflections. I'm trying to think if I would be more angry hearing True Reflections of the Nine Corps or the 2002 show closer for the winter tour they played down at, uh, uh, what is it, MCI down in D.C.? Yeah, down in D.C. I don't think anything will ever top that. Oh, I that think was... you, You've talked about that every single podcast. I, I think, think you're right. I think you're right because it is the control, right? It is the baseline that you compare everything else terrible to. <laughs> so I've invoked it in this True Reflections conversation. What show was that? It was uh, December twenty second, two thousand and two. It was the uh, the show right after MSG, where James Brown came out. And so, right, so it was one of those things. Wow, they played uh, they played Sex Machine. Everything was really really cool um, in that set. So you get really excited for it. And my cousin and I said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna grab a ticket and we're gonna go to DC." And we drove six hours and and. Uh, the, uh, let me see, the show before, right, MSG, and they played Too Much, Sex Machine, and then the encore is Halloween Ants Marching. They played Seek Up, Dreaming Tree, Pig. It was just a great, great show. And then they completely mailed it in at DC because it was the last show of the tour. And we, uh, we ran out of the venue to try to get our car. We ran out before Two Step was even over, and the band was already pulling out. From from the garage with their buses, so they wanted to get out of there even faster than we did. It was just terrible. It's just it's it's always the exception to the rule, and I'll never I'll never let it go, Jake. Sorry. No, I look. This is I'm gonna I'm I'm at Tour Central right now, and if you go to Tour Central, uh, if you're on your computer, which I hope you are, if you actually click on the little tab, you can go to your personal tour stats, and you click in there, and it'll list every single show that you've been to. I'm going to read to you what I consider to be the second worst show that I've ever seen in my whole entire life. 1998, yes, the beloved 1998, August 23rd, 1998, from Nissan Pavilion in Bristol. Two-step, don't drink, satellite, Rapunzel, crush, drive-in, drive-out, Jimmy thing, warehouse, stay, say goodbye, last stop, there's so much to say to too much trilogy, Watchtower Ants. Oh, by the way, Herbie Hancock guested on four of those songs. Wow. <laughs> that is the second worst show I've ever heard in my life. Heard? So it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you remember, Jay, Joe, he's approaching his golden anniversary, you know, his golden birthday. So <laughs> it's not that surprising. You know, I have a birthday coming up very soon. The, 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 hearing, the hearing is going. 60. <laughs> 
Well, so it's, so it's a lot of it. My point is, a lot of it has to do with perspective and shows. Now, the show that Matt saw was terrible. I mean, let's not. Sort of <laughs> hey, they even but, played Loving Wings. God, I hate that song. I love Loving Wings. You guys, oh, God, you guys need to, you guys need to check your egos at the door. Oh. You guys are. Song. You guys are a bunch of jerks. <laughs> How many, you know what? I hope they played at your wedding because I'm going to boo. <laughs> Get up and walk out. That's definitely going to my don't dare play DJ If they played at your wedding, I'm going to go, 41! 41! <laughs> play some Skinner! <laughs> so, the point is, though, that you know, beauty is the eye of the beholder, so to speak. Yeah, and Kevin, but, Kevin, Kevin once recently... I, I would love recently the three of us. I, Kevin, I don't think you were there in at Seaville in '09. Am I correct? At the uh, April '09, no. I was there 10. 10 and 0, 06 and 010. I've been to Seville. Yeah, '010. Thank you. Yeah, '010. Well, it kind of makes sense. Well, we heard uh, the three of us, the other three, not Kevin, heard what I consider to be the best modern version of recently, which is the Seaville uh, um, Night Two recently, which was just fantastic. Obviously, it's the last impression on you guys. You don't even remember. <laughs> I remember that being good. I mean, that was the year that it, they really brought it back, right? And everyone was loving yep. hearing it more and more. And, and yeah, I, lo- I loved it. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. What was that date? What? Oh, that was right in the beginning of the tour, wasn't it? Was, uh, Saturday. Yeah, was spring tour. Yeah, we even got an old Dirty Hill tease. Yeah, that was yep. the, that's on the uh, warehouse disc, by the way, which... which uh, Joe was talking about before we started that he loves so much. The uh, Old Dirt Hill into Why I Am yes. is from that, that same show. But the that warehouse disc is last awesome. Stop tease. Which, which, incidentally, if you guys don't have your warehouse disc yet and you are a member, you should probably start emailing or calling now yeah, because yeah. it's lost. But, uh, Joe, you like the disc? You're happy with it? Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely love it. Back in the day, I don't know if something changed. Um, Warehouse is pretty okay with um, letting other people get a listen to it or trade it in the uh, trading forums because um, they weren't they didn't consider it a, an official release that you, you know was illegal or gonna you're gonna have the FBI knocking on your door. So um, if you're a casual fan, I definitely recommend you checking it out. I think the song selection on it is awesome. It's very diverse. Get a lot and some unique versions and some stuff that I hadn't heard and I was mind blown. I, I liked it a lot. Joe, I got a quick question. Just while I'm looking, it's kind of off topic, but just while I'm looking at this set from from Seville, um, Cornbread. I know back in that time frame they were playing uh, a hoedown interpolation from uh, the Flectones. It's a it's off their uh, Outbound album. How's it go again? I'm not going to do that again. That was it. Rewind. But are they still doing that at the end of Cornbread? Oh man, you're gonna put my spot. I, I, am I wrong, or in the seven shows that I see, and I don't think they played cornbread. Oh really? Wow. Let me let me let me well, validate I we'll that. I, I remember for once I actually was able to inform Jake of something instead of the other way around, because um, I'm a I'm a probably what you would call a bigger Flectones fan than Jake, um, and so I I recognized that interpolation when they played it, and I knew we were not putting it into our central at that time, and in this particular show we have it in there. But yeah, in, in and that time frame, they were running with that like every time they played it, and that was most shows too. I think they're doing it because they actually played Cornbread at the show I went to, and unlike most of the hardcore fans, I'm not a Cornbread basher, so I'm okay with them playing it. I think it's a fun song, I like and, you know, 
Yeah. I don't there's mind. A lot of people, there's a, it there's a lot of people that, that like it. There's a lot of people that like it. I think a lot of the hardcore fans um, aren't, aren't as big, but there's a lot of people that aren't hardcore fans that really like it. And I just va- validated none of the seven 2012 shows. I have not heard Cornbread yet, which you could not say for the past what three years, oh, four yeah. years. You could not. You could not say that seven shows without hearing Cornbread. Yeah, I, I you think know. I, you know. I always talk about there. There's a there's a dichotomy of. Um, of fans it's it's the hardcore fans it's the fans that are really i mean the hardcore fans are like the the fans that are like going to 17 shows it's the joe m's of the world and then there's kind of a drop-off but it's it's funny because i think that outside of joe the hardcores really miss on cornbread i think that's the one song that they're wrong on i think it's a good song and you know you have to accept the song for what it is i'm sorry if it's played too much but you know, it's a good. It's fine. It's what it is. I like the chorus. It's just that that kind of it, it departs from the the verse of it all. Because if it was just the verse, the verse, the verse, the verse, it would drive me crazy. But uh, I just I like that it's all because of you, and it, I just dig that it's all inside your head. Yeah, it's I mean, a really it's, good kind it, of coda. I don't think it's anything necessarily incredibly special, but the crowd loves it. It brings energy. The band loves it. Yep. And you know what? The when it when you break it down to you know the quote hardcore fans, they're the ones. Well, and I'm not. I'm saying just in general, some of the people that will hate Cornbread want to hear you know the back to back runs of Dreaming Tree, Typical Situation. Which don't get me wrong, I'll listen to them all day. But then at the end of the day, on a set like that that has all those long jams and more more fluent, quiet songs, they're the ones that come out and say there's no energy. Yeah, Dreaming you know? Tree White. is one of my favorite. It's easily in my top three. And yet, live, it is really difficult to translate that to exactly how beautiful that comes across on the album. It's just, oh, it's tough. And they play yeah. it well, too. They play it well live. They, they really do. But when you're in that live atmosphere and you can feel all that energy with all those people, it it kind of gets sucked out a little bit by the people who don't know it. Yeah. I mean, if you're around a bunch of people who, who know it, it, it's beautiful. Absolutely. But a lot of times you get people, you get a dreaming tree. I mean, I've, I've been to a show couple shows where Dreaming Tree is, was incredibly rare, and the people next to me are sitting down. Yeah. And you just and want to scream. Like, just like, oh, going, what are you doing? I'll take yeah. the last stop circa 1998, because we were all clamoring for the last stops, and we've gotten them sporadically over the 2000s, right, where they started playing again. And I would say, I'd say they've been terrible, by and large. They've been some good versions, but it's just... Uh. I, that West Palm Beach one was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, okay, the one we were at. Yeah, yeah, and they've been good. But I've gotten ones in like Darien Lake that have just been like, "What?" Like, I appreciate you guys playing it, great, but practice kind of next time. And it's because when you listen to it from like live in Chicago, that version, and you can hear the crowd because the lights, the very, this is the last stop, the very last one, all of the lights go out because you hear the place explode when the light goes out. And and they come in and they're just on fire. And of course, early two thousand, they were missing Tim. So now, you know, they're bringing those pieces back that that contribute to a a good last stop. That yeah. would be my song if I had to pick one. Especially at, um, like they did in Charlottesville in two thousand six. Oh wait! Oh no! 
Oh, no. Uh, I will forever hate Stay. I will forever hate Stay. That was low point in my DMV career. I forever hate Bums after that. Uh, uh, That's a a sore subject with anyone that was there in 2006. That was the, the, as he's known on the boards, the trench coat man who uh, came on and caused the band to skip last stop, and they went straight to Stay, which I believe – Contrary to what they were playing, Joe, Matt, and I decided to leave instead of stay. I, Brett and I, funny, Brett. I mean, it's funny that, you know what? We're so pissed off we're going to play this song. What's that say about yeah. their feelings on stay? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but, but you know what? Mid-set stay is really, really good. Early or mid, absolutely. They opened with it one year, I think, at Darien, and it was the best stay I've ever heard. That's, that's fantastic. It should open more. Watchtower and stay are yep. open. Not yep. closers. I agree. I've always at this said point, that. At least. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, speaking of stuff um, that should stay around, I'm hoping that uh, away from the world will stay around. And um, unlike uh, some other people around here, I've actually kind of had a fortunate break, and I've actually heard the album. So you I should probably the- say what "Away from the World" is. Oh, by the way, "Away from the World" yep. is the new. Album coming out from the Dave Matthews Band. You got to work on your segues, Jake. I'm sorry. That was a long <laughs> Go ahead. What's when? When's the release date? We'll walk the, them through this, fellas. <laughs> the release date is actually September 11th. The date you oh. may have heard of, and uh, it is from the Dave Matthews Band, which is from "quote unquote" somewhere in Virginia, as I'm told. Where the red dirt so, comes from? Yes. So, Are yes. they as good as Creed? No, no one's as good as Creed. Ugh, all right. They're, they're they're similar to Kesha, only they don't have dollar <laughs> signs in their names. That's the big difference. So anyway, I've heard the album. Um, so do you guys just want me to go through it, or what do you want to do? You want to ask me a question? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll just go through it, and you guys just stop me when you feel like it. Um, first off, I'm, I'm looking at the set list, that, which is available. Stop. Okay. <laughs> It's funny every time. <laughs> Joseph Modian. So anyway, so uh, Broken Things is a great opening track. And someone asked me earlier if I could compare it to other opening tracks. It's different from it because the, the entire album is extremely complex. It has a lot of time signature changes. I understand why they're playing You Never Know on this tour. It's sort of to warm them up to start playing more of the songs. I think every single song outside the ones we've heard has a time signature change, like a drastic one. And Broken Things isn't anything different. It's, it's, it's a very good opening track, really grabs you. Boyd has a solo in it. It's, it's, it's a nice song. What's the pace uh, on that? Well, it, it's sort of a... If I were to, what I like to do is, is, just to backtrack a little bit, um, Joe and Matt and I all heard Big Whiskey early. And when I describe it, I like to describe them as similar songs from Dave Matthews Band. Um, Broken Things is sort of like if you were to take kind of like an upbeat, you never know with the time signature changes in that family of songs, although it's more upbeat. It's, 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 it's it's, It's very... Deep lyrically, it's it's a it's a good opening track to grab you. Um, it's it's quality. This is about really- the only comment I'm going to have on any of these tracks, but I have to ask: Does anybody else make the connection in their mind 
that Steve Lillywhite comes back to produce the first album since before these crowded streets and then the defunct Lillywhite sessions. The defunct Lillywhite sessions, which turned into the half-assed two weeks in the studio, busted stuff, busted stuff, broken things. Anybody else making that kind of like connection on the titles of those songs? Uh, it's not far-fetched. No, I, I definitely has a strict correlation, no doubt. I just can't wait to see on the DMB live app, Belly Belly into Belly Fool pop up on the set list. I just want to see that once. <laughs> That's <laughs> were, not happen, but we'll get to that now. We were talking about how if Dave's new obsession is with bellies now, as it used to be monkeys. <laughs> well, well, he did <laughs> sing about effing him like a donkey at one live show a few weeks back, which I find that Quite a departure from the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> he, he still does that. Generally It'll... speaking, um, songs don't grab me immediately. I, I mean, I can go through the song. Like, like I love You Never Know. First time I heard You Never Know, I thought it was awful. Yeah. First time I heard Seven, I thought it was a close hanger abortion. I just, you know, some songs grab me, some songs don't. <laughs> I, I still like, <laughs> I still love Shake Me Like a Monkey. First time I heard yep. Shake Me, I thought it was fantastic. Most and I still like song it. song in 10 years. I think it's a great – when I heard Broken Things, I said, wow, that grabbed me. That made me go, okay, I'm in. I'm going to listen to the next one. Belly Belly is in that sort of shake me Rapunzel mode of upbeat songs, although it's not about fellatio, unlike those two. Um, it's in that – it sounds like a single. It, it wouldn't shock me if it was like the number two single. So is there it's, pace to this album, Jake? The songs I've heard so far, just the few of them. They seem almost slower, quieter. Yeah, I think that the stuff they've released is the slow stuff. It sort of starts strong, and then from Belly Belly, um, which again, Boyd has a solo in. It's got that nice little Belly Belly. I think it's actually called Belly Belly Full now. They changed the name of it. That's actually a lyric for the song Late in It. That goes into Mercy, which is more slow and sort of calm. Mercy actually segues into Gaucho. And... and and on Mercy, if you haven't heard it yet, the, they released the studio, I assume it's the studio cut, um, yes. on YouTube for, for everyone to listen to. Yes, yeah, so you can go check it out. And actually, we have that listed on the main page of Ant. So you can just go ahead and give us Does a half a cent and click on that. Belly Belly and Belly Full have any musical relation whatsoever? None whatsoever, because Mercy and Gaucho kind of segue in. You've, got, you've all heard Gaucho now with the kid outro. Um, which is interesting, and and you know what? It's it's different from live, but I actually like the kids singing in the outro. I think it's kind of interesting, sort of like that um, Pink Floyd esque feel to it, sort of like Brick in the Wall. Radiohead's done it too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah, Sweet is sweet. I mean, it sounds exactly the same as it does live. The band still comes in late as they do. It's sort of neat the first time you hear it. Um, it's still, to me, it felt like the band needed to come in like a minute and a half earlier. But Sweet is what it is. I, I kind of like Sweet. It's just just a sweet song, nothing simple. The Rift was the first time I heard it fully after hearing some fan recordings. The Rift sounds fantastic live, on the, on the uh, album, rather, versus the live recordings from the fans. The Rift is really just a full-bodied, old-school DMB sounding song in that sort of the way that maybe like Stone 
would grab you back in the old days or like like the album cut of Stone or the album cut of um, Pig. There's like a lot going on in it. Similar to that. Then all of a sudden you get a curveball. It's Belly Full. Belly Full is actually Dave Solo Acoustic. So like you're sort of five tracks from the end. Yep. You're waiting for because a lot of songs start off similar to uh, Sweet, whereas the band jumps in. So it's not uncommon. Like Broken Things kind of starts off a little slow where you're waiting for people to kind of jump in on it. And you're kind of waiting on belly full. And that's how I was when I listened to it. I was like, and then they finished the song. I was like, really? I, I got to hear that again. Yeah. So I immediately played it again. I was like, okay, it's, it's well written. It's, um, it's acoustic. It's just, just a curveball. It really threw me. And, um, it's similar to sort of how let you down popped in the middle of crash. Like you went all the way up through, crash and then let you down was sort of like a jarring thing that popped in it's similar to that so it's not something completely out of the ordinary um if only was as strong as it is live it's very smooth um my darling wife said that it reminds her of a glenn fry song which if you're not a glenn fry fan would probably be a cut down but you know it's sort of she's right because it sort of has that little like kind of like mid 80s feel to it like that little smooth jazz thing but it's cool i like it live i don't joe if, i don't know your feelings on it but i thought it was pretty good live I, i'm curious uh, I'm, I'm not normally a lyric person but i listen to the lyrics of that and they're a little bit interesting if you, i don't know if uh, have you followed the lyrics of that song uh i mean it's it's basically the same um but uh, but the top the topic of the lyrics oh just the sort of the love lost and Yes, and it's yeah. interesting that Dave would be singing about love loss. Yeah, um, it is, but I think that you know that's because he's a writer, and that's what writers do, and yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Just kind of yeah, but I think usually the I don't know maybe or maybe not, but I, I feel like most of the emotional stuff that he writes, he he writes about stuff that's going on, Halloween or, or other stuff. I'm really curious. I mean, I don't know when these songs were written in relation to the decision to bring Steve Lillywhite back as producer. Uh, I wonder how much of the content on the album has to do or is inspired by, if not overtly, you know, apparent, inspired by that reunion with Steve. I mean, it was not good after everything that's come out, and there were a lot of sore feelings in the years after that split happened. To So to bring him back, I mean, I know that the band and management consciously wanted to minimize the hype of bringing Steve Lillywhite back. I mean, no big announcements, things like that, but uh, it's clearly a significant, a really significant development for the band. Well, and, yeah, I think it, I think it's something that is obviously, to, to us fans, it's, it's clearly there. And you have to wonder, the, the rumors, quote-unquote, out there, according to some things out there, I think Stefani even commented on it, was that um, basically Dave had most of the stuff written already, and he just sort of brought it in the studio, but I mean, obviously, we we know from the past that a lot of different things happen in studio, right? So yeah, I and I and I took that as the riffs of this, and that's from the Cali interview. If you haven't heard the Cali interview, check it out. We have it linked on our our main site, I think. But uh, I think I took what Stefan was saying there as he Dave brought the the general riff or the you know the the chords of the song. I didn't think he brought the ly- lyrics at that point. 
Well, what was it that we had just, um, an ant had just brought to everybody's attention? There was a lyric from one of the songs that they're playing now in one of the old, like, Time Bomb or Two-Step intros, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was from Time Bomb, I believe, from a couple of years ago. It was from, uh, I think it was from The Rift, actually. That's what I think so, too. I, I, have, I only breeze through it. I've been so busy. I haven't been on the boards or... Thank God for there's, that DMD Live app because that's the only reason I'm even knowing what know what's being played at night. Nice plug, there's, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no there's no reason you shouldn't be I on the board every single day. Exactly. No, but that's that's <laughs> no, is that can't. not is that not what the Tour Central database and Jake's wealth of knowledge is really all about? Oh my God, they this song they played that 12 years ago in a tease at a show at this bar. I mean, how cool is it to really have that discovery come up? Yeah, yeah, like that happened with Joyride back in uh, yeah. 2000. We found the Joyride from 2000 from um, um, Soldier Field. No, I disagree with you there, but I'll let you keep talking. Well, you're the one that pointed it out to me. but we'll No, I didn't say it was Joyride. I said it was a really cool soundcheck video, and it had this really, really funky kind of jam to it. And we've been trying to pin down what it was all this time. And at some point, you decided it was Joyride. So, it's Joyride, yeah. that's it. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of joy rides, uh, one I didn't exactly enjoy. Rooftop was good. Um, that was the, of the songs I've heard so far. Like Belly Full threw me because it was acoustic. And I listened to it twice, literally in a row, and I was like, okay, I, now I get it. I thought it was good. Rooftop was the first song that didn't grab me. That literally. So everything up until then. Now I'd heard Mercy and Gaucho and Sweet and the Rift. So it's hard to judge those ones. But of the ones I hadn't heard, Rooftop didn't grab me immediately. But I said, okay, I'm willing to play along and give it a couple listens. It could be, you know, it could end up being, you know, Seven or You Never Know for Me, which are songs I love. But it didn't immediately grab me. Uh, Snow Outside, I thought was kind of weak. I didn't really like it too much. It sounded to me like. Like, what if you went to say goodbye, like, and you actually met the girl the next day for coffee, and you married her and had two kids and had a job in Peoria? So, like, so like, your, like, like your situation. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. So, yeah, I just was like, eh, I don't, it didn't grab me that much. But that segued into Drunken Soldier, and Drunken Soldier is a freaking beast. It is just, I, I've been trying to describe it, and... It's sort of like – early on I was saying it's like Pink Floyd meets Revolution 9. But it's sort of like Pink Floyd, Revolution 9, and like side B of Abbey Road all into one. The song's like yeah. nine and a half minutes long. It's got like seven time changes in it. It sounds like a bunch of songs just kind of thrown together. It, the the intro is like three minutes and 15 seconds. It's just really – just crazy it's got like carter talking over it it's it's just insane and then it starts up into a song and then you know dave sings for a while and then you think it's over and no it's still six minutes left it's just like what in the hell just happened that's awesome it's really of all the studio work they've done this is the one that people i think are going to keep going back to and go wow how the hell do they pull this off this is one that you know, Lily White's going to sit back and go, yeah, I did that. I'm going exactly. to give everybody listening a little context here. Jake is a gentleman who described Time Bomb as Dreaming Tree and Halloween together. Possibly the most overhyped description of all time. <laughs> Just to keep things in the context, I don't want anybody coming back to this and getting upset. But go we ahead. all you know, know what? what a whiff on that one was. So let's just keep you know what? The studio, studio 
Time Bomb is freaking awesome. Oh. If you don't like Studio Time Bomb, oh. then you should die in a fire. I said nothing about liking it. Oh, uh, I'm just saying it's, Halloween and Dreaming Tree, it is not. Studio Time Bomb or Drunken Shoulders, a soldier? Oh, Drunken Soldier by him. I like your description of Drunken Soldier, right? I, I will say it. <laughs> I, 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 I find myself getting like... very excited, and then I remind myself what you said three years ago. <laughs> and and I, I will stand by it because I love Studio Time Bomb. I love Studio Time Bomb. I love Studio um, Dive In. Those yeah, are yeah, yeah, my good. favorite track off of Big Whiskey. When we heard Big Whiskey, I loved Shake Me. I think Shake Me's better live. Um, I think that YIM is garbage. I think that Lion and Hands of God is garbage. I think Baby Blue is awful. Oh, Baby Blue is terrible. That album, and as good as Big Whiskey is, and I love it, it ends so disappointingly. They just oh. It's almost like I would have rather had three tracks shorter yeah. <laughs> than, than what we have now. It's just too bad, you know? I, I will defend my status on Time Bomb. There's like two good live Time Bombs. That's it. It's just it's a song that doesn't translate. But the studio time bomb. Go ahead. As you're listening right now, pull out your big whiskey, so to speak, and <laughs> compare it. And then you can put your big whiskey against your drunken soldier, and those sound like the two most opposite terms of all time. So are you putting drunken soldier in like a category of like two-step where it will be that – No. That – Clo- that set close or the encore no. close that can just jam out? No, no. I have no idea how they're going to pull it off. If they play it live, it'll be a miracle. It'll be vastly different. It's just – it's so obscure. It's just so – it's crazy. It's, it's, it's literally four songs. It's just – So Drunken Shoulder Soldier or Dude for a Father? <laughs> I like Drunken Shoulder. Um, drunken Soldier – is um, a term that many guys know, by the way. But that's another podcast, actually. Um, that's cool. Drunken, you have to listen to it, though. That's very cool. It, it, it was. I mean, it was amazing. I don't know how to. I mean, it really, I'm having trouble describing. It was just amazing. So, I know it's only one listen, one or two listens, but uh, and again, this is totally speculation and kind of talking for the sake of talking, but. Overall, the album. What's your feeling on it? And that could change, right? But right five now, stars out of five stars. <laughs> what do you give it out of five stars? Out of five stars, I would give it seventeen. No, um, I thought it was very, very, very well done. Very, very, very well put together. As someone who really liked Big Whiskey, Big Whiskey sounds like freaking no doubt. I mean, just it's just. So not, are you saying well, not that quite Cheryl Crow? It's just so much better done, so much better produced. It's just so. It, is is this going to get nominated for album of the year? Well, it, I mean, you know, the, you know my feeling on the on the Grammys. I think they're a bunch of smokers, but I think that no offense to the smokers out there, but I think that um, you know that's in the eye of the people that pay a lot of money to have albums you know promoted do i think it's better than big whiskey yes absolutely it's oh, not even close interesting it's it's not it's really no, man it, that's, that's i mean I, it's hard to yeah that's hard to live I, I think a lot of people really respect big whiskey and that's that's it, that's I mean, a lot blows it out of the water where it's do not, you rank it in uh 
Lily White produced albums. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I haven't really listened to it 97 times like I have right. the other albums. Yeah. Um, so it's not fair for me to list it in order with those. Um, it's certainly, you know, it, Steve sent out a text, I'm uh, sorry, a, um, a tweet, tweet rather. Yes, he texted me, but he tweeted everybody else um, about, <laughs> about the album, and he jokingly said that it's Big Four now instead of Big Three, and I think that that's a fair statement. There is a Big Four, and the Big Four are the ones that he did. And you could even say there's a Big 4.5 because I would throw the Lily White session in there. I, I included Big Whiskey. Uh, when I reviewed the album, I, you know, again, from when you review it to three years later, things can certainly change. But uh, I say, you know, it, I would have included a big whiskey without a question if the end wasn't so such a precipitous drop off. Um, but I think big whiskey holds its own. I certainly do. I, I did too until I heard "Away from the World" and then I said, "Big whiskey's toilet paper." Huh? It's hmm. that much better. I thought. So is "Drunken Soldier" your favorite song off the album? Uh, no, I actually like "Broken Things" and "Belly Belly" the best. Okay. Um, just drunken soldiers. Just, it just. I mean, it's incredible. It's just, cool. it's just so difficult to describe. It's just so ingenious, really. I mean, just how they came up with it and how they put it together is just. It's just amazing. But what, I thought, go ahead. Sorry. What other? What song? If you think they're going to play another song off the tour or off the album in this tour, what song do you think would be the best one for them to pull off, or most most likely? Most likely, let me guess before before Jake goes. My guess for most likely seems belly full. No, belly wow. belly. They might play. Dave might play belly full, which would be tomorrow, which would be the fifteenth of July, at his Dave and Tim show. Um, but belly belly is a song but, that is just just aching to be played. I'm actually surprised it hasn't been played yet. It it reminds me, uh, Joe and Matt, when we went to hear Big Whiskey. And we heard "Shake Me" for the first time, and we said, "What the hell are you? Why aren't you playing this live?" Yeah, That's- we were we were given the option to hear another song again, and we chose "Grux" and "Big Wit" and uh, "Shake Me." Uh, yeah, because it's- question that was no no even second place. That's what we all wanted to hear again. Absolutely, it was just it was so clear that that was the song that should be played live. And I know some people now are kind of like meh on it, but I mean, really, no, that's, no, no, no. that's a really good song live. I mean, think about it this way: how much pressure was on that album? Immense, right? You have a song like that kicking it off, and that's why I will always say that was probably the most important song. It's not the best song that they wrote, but the most important foot forward that they put in that entire decade was "Shake Me Like a Monkey." No question. I mean, they needed they needed to come out with a kick to your face to say we're still here, and they did. I yeah. intentionally I intentionally left the silent there because I knew really wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I agree, but I was just loving the silence there. It were I thought I just dumbfounded you did, completely, but uh, did, yeah. did you did you did you start to question your opinion when nobody said anything? I questioned my internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I, I agree. agree. Go ahead. We I agree. agree. Just gonna say I agree. How's that? I second that motion. So now that we've burned up over an hour on the tour and the album, we've got uh, 
short term here, we've got West Palm coming up and uh, the Gorge, uh, I don't know, a month after that or so, or a little more than that. But uh, so, yeah, so like the, the guys were saying earlier, I'm spontane- spontaneously joined the party. So um, it'll be my first time in st- since when, Jake? Like three years ago? Since Gorge, right? Well, yeah, first time back in West Palm Beach, though. Oh, um, you didn't go to? Did you go to the ca- Gorge Caravan last year or no? No, I did. I, you know, the, when the band announced that they were taking the year off, I did too. And the only difference is I didn't change my mind. <laughs> I, uh, Zing. I, I took it off, so uh, I haven't been been um, since 2010. But West Palm Beach was by far one of my favorite, not only venues but places to see a show. The the group of fans that. That, that came down and, and kind of got together for that show. I mean, what a wild group of people. It was so much fun. Yeah. A lot of them are going to be there again this year. Yeah, I'm and, psyched that I'm going. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an amazing time. I think everybody's excited. A lot of, lot of good surprises in store. We have, we've got um, new flags being flown. We have Whoa. new uh, mascots. I might we have be a mascot? Bringing, we have, <laughs> may have a mascot. <laughs> I, I don't want to necessarily disclose, disclose, but when we're done with this, I will send you guys pictures and see what you think of oh a, a new mascot for the Florida run. Wow. If I only, if I only, if I only got a dollar for every time I heard that phrase, <laughs> when, we're, when we're done, well, I'll send you some pictures. And you let yes. Me know. <laughs> you, would, you would have about 34 cents. <laughs> so we're not throwing a crazy party like we have a couple times now um, in West Palm Beach, right, Jake? No, we we are we are not, which is very important, and we're actually going to put it up on the main page too. We are not going to the PGA. The PGA actually had a European Junior Golf Tournament going on, even though Florida is not in Europe. I even tried though to we would outsell it and out and out attend it. Yes, we. I, I talked with them a lot, but it just it got to the point where. It was going to be a bit crazy, and it wasn't going to be worth it for any of the people to attend it. So we just decided not to do it. And we looked at a couple places, and and one place I'll tell you honestly was scared to death of us. Um, and the other place was just was too small. Although it would have been really nice, but it just it couldn't accommodate us. They would have had to like literally keep fifty people in at a time and rotate them in, and that's just you know we're going to have six hundred people there. So we decided not to do anything, but we're gonna you know we're gonna be in the in the lots beforehand, and we might do something spontaneously. So you have to keep an eye on the boards and keep an eye on the Twitter and see if we uh, how how about a live podcast from a tailgate? Could be done. We could done we, over cigars, well. some Dreaming Tree wine, maybe a Star Hill or two. Joe, Joe, I'll be really Joe, gentle. Joe won't be there because he'll be tailgating. Yes, because we can do it from tailgate. Yeah, I'll be tailgating. Which, by the way, I am drinking Star Hill beer right now. I don't know what you guys are drinking, but I'm actually having the Northern Lights right this second. We should, we every all of us online on right now, and everyone listening to this right now. Let's take a moment and pour yourself another drink. We'll just we'll we'll put that in. We'll make that part of our part of the podcast. Everybody pour. Maddie, what are you drinking right now? Uh, I just finished a Negro Modelo, actually. Really? Yeah, it's a little different. A little shaking it up a little bit. I'm having, as I said, the Star Hill Northern Lights, which I think is the best IPA out there because it's not too strong. And a lot of IPAs are just so ridiculously strong that it's just, it's just, At you the can't same drink time, it. the purpose of an IPA is to be strong. 
Well, yeah, but you know what? I if I want an eight point nine IPA, then I'll just you know take a Quaalude. Really, (laughs) that shows your age, huh? (laughs) They don't make those anymore. (laughs) Not since you were in college. No, I'm not not hip to the not hip to what the kids are doing. What do you have there, Kevin? The legal stuff, not the illegal stuff. Wow. Well, um, since moonshine is not is not legal, I will not tell you about that. I am. I've got my my official tailgating beer. I'm in official tailgate mode. I have a Rocky, you bet your sweet ass, a beautiful Coors Light. <laughs> I was just joking. Yeah. Nope, it's true. <laughs> the Rocky Mountains, baby. Get a free bowl of soup with that? My God. Wow. Oh, you see, you I can relate you to your beer drinking to how you treat DMB shows. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of snobs. Coors Light to you guys is like Milwaukee's best to me. Well, I am an absolute beer snob. There's, I'm a beer snob, and I'm a food snob, and I'm a show snob. There's no doubt about it. Star Hill and only Flagraff for me, really. And you so suck at Mario Kart. Oh, bring it. You know what? When we're done with this, it's on. I'll hook it up. I'm down. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's, uh, not to jump too far ahead of, of uh, West Palm, but um, we're going to have uh, the RV at Gorge, and Joe M is making the trip, and we plan on flying some flags and uh, smoking some stoves, and probably even gonna uh, uh, gonna make it beforehand, but do a little uh, smoked pulled pork. So we're hoping smoked to have what? A- smoke what? Pork. I thought you said smoked pulled pork. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave That's, that one up to the listeners. It wants but... to hear what it wants to hear. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna have a. You know, nothing too official, just because Gorge is what it is for anybody who's ever been out there. It's just it's way spread it. out and and things like have that. It. But uh, we're gonna have try to have a little bit of a of a of impromptu get together with some some ants tattoos and maybe some keychains, things yeah. like that. So yeah, uh, which which by the way, I'm gonna bring some uh, stuff, some swag exactly. as it's known to uh, West Palm, and I I think I have some shirts left, too, so I, you know, I'm not going to bring a lot, because I don't have that much, but you know, if you have, like, a couple dollars, you want to buy a shirt or something like that, you can put my kids through college, that's fine. Can we spin flags at both both parties? Can we schedule a Ants Wolf shirt day? Ooh, that's a good idea. Like, if you wear, like, your Ants Wolf shirt, it's going to be, like, like August 23rd is, like, Ants Wolf Day or something like that? No, 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 one of the, no, the four of us. Can oh. we all wear our Ants Wolf shirt one day? I'm I'm down to look a little silly. I don't know if the other guys have Ants Wolf shirts. What, what are you kidding me? <laughs> of course wow. I do. I, I have an Ants Wolf shirt. There it is. <laughs> so I'm okay, super Ants- excited. Joe Evans. <laughs> but, or, I, but, I, or, but I may forget to pack it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, I'm wearing the performance shirt uh, to both shows, the regular King of Ants and the Rail shirts. you got to wear a t-shirt under those, don't you, though? I don't. Oh well, that's right. You gotta so, have chest hair to have that yeah. matter. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not wearing a t-shirt because it is going to be hotter than or well, I'm not going to say, but it's going to be hot. So whoa, just, oh, inside information here. What, what's that again, Jake? It's going to be hot. Yes. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Is that in the busted stuff, Jake? Thread. You quote him. Yes. You quote Jake on that. It will be hot. It will West be Paul hot. In, so in you know what? I'm going to bring just just because I care. 
because I'm a caring person, really, by nature. I don't know if you're familiar with like how names are formed, but the name Jake actually is from the Latin to care. It is. Bullshit! So, because of that... That wasn't me. Jerk. I haven't cussed one time tonight. I'm going to bring along some of these delicious performance shirts so you guys can buy them right from me. Right there. Right there at the venue. I will do that for you. How about you give one to the three of us for hanging out with you? We'll consider rent. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a discount. I'll knock a dime off. Fair enough. I thought that was very nice of me. You're a pretty nice guy. <laughs> okay, did we make it through everything? We made it through the album, made it through the tour, made it through Gorge, made it through West Palm. Yeah, keep an Dude. eye on our Twitter, as always. I mean, the little notes that aren't worthy of a big news story or things like that, but uh, absolutely follow us on Twitter. I know Jake is very poisoned to the idea of Facebook, and if you look at our numbers, I can understand why. Um, typically, in social media... When something is on Facebook and something is on Twitter, Facebook out-traffics Twitter roughly 10 to 1. I mean, Twitter's big, but Facebook is, you know, you're talking 800 million people. We're the exact opposite. Our Twitter is 10 times more popular than our Facebook. To me, that means we have an opportunity to reach more people um, because Facebook is just not living up to what it should be. So we have an opportunity there. Jake says, to hell with Twitter, to hell with Facebook, let's just concentrate on Twitter, but I think what we'll be doing is fleshing out our Facebook a little bit more. Um, but the Twitter right now is such an important feed. Uh, you know, we put a lot of information on there. Um, no reason not to follow it. Uh, and, you know, between Joe and Jake and Kevin, we just keep that thing flowing. It's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on that for any news about West Palm Beach because, I mean, it's going to be put up there as it happens. If we change plans, it's, hey, we're gathering around here. It goes up on Twitter. So keep an eye. And you never know what we're going to have. We're going to have, like, you know, album drops or something, which we won't. But, you know, <laughs> you guys show up. We can just say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we also said maybe, uh, are they doing a fall tour? What's the speculation on that? Well, uh, it would seem logical that they would, being that there's an album. There hasn't been any word out from anyone yet, but, I mean, wouldn't you think that think. they're going to do it? You would think so, right? I would hope so. You'd th- and that's when we do our ants party. Exactly. Would, you know, in. We're going to tie into the album, and we'll go back to Charlottesville and see what happens there. You know, We've got a lot of friends in Charlottesville. If they go to a tour there, we've got our good friends at Monoloco. And if you've never been there, if oh, you're in the greater Virginia area, go see Michael and, and then all those people go to Monoloco because that place is phenomenal. Tell them Ant sent you, man. He yeah. would love it. The guy is the most gracious host ever. He has fantastic ideas when it comes to the fusion of different different uh, different cuisines. I, incredible. I just uh, I crave, crave their guacamole right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great little joint. Yep. Get there early because it's it's not the biggest place, but it. Oh, we had a great dinner there. Oh God, it's fantastic. That party they, we had we had the line wrapped around the block, and we had the fire marshal showing up and bouncing people. It's just the best. They they took a they took this pulled pork dish and dropped the fried egg on it. Oh God, it was just incredible. Well, and Michael was oh. uh, Michael was a dude who would cater for the band back in the early '90s when they were first starting out, and they were nothing more than five guys in a van. Yep. And uh, that so that gives the the connection there to how deep this guy is and with the DMB family, and he's just the nicest guy in the world if you ever meet him. So definitely, if you're ever through Seville, stop by and see Michael. 
Absolutely, yeah. So if you know if something does come to fruition, we will definitely planning something uh, for ants going up that way because that's like our second home, I guess. You could say, I guess West Palm has sort of become our first home for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey. Because- hey, what do you think uh, if a fall tour pops up that new Amway Center in Orlando? Uh, uh? You, actually, I think that uh, it's got a good shot. Believe it or not, the the Amway in, in Orlando, the um, <laughs> the home that Dwight will destroy, as it's known around here. Um, good riddance. I hate him more than I hate LeBron. Wow, that's you heard it here first. Wow, <laughs> but it, it's a really, it's actually a, a great venue. It really is. It's really cool. It's 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 well lit. And it's it's big and spacious. Has good acoustics. So I would love it if they came to Orlando. Oh, it's make- right next to the souvenir shop there, right? Oh, I'm sorry, that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> actually, all the souvenir shops are out in my drive. But uh, that's that's the insider way of saying international drive. If you're a tourist, that's <laughs> well, what you kids would say. I think that's about it. But one of these things that I don't know about you guys, I had a great time here. I wish we could do this more often. Well, it's all because of you that we don't do them more often. I know. I know. Well, now I'm back into it. You know, I got I needed someone to kick me in the butt. It happened, and uh, I'm back into it now. I've got the itch. You guys are welcome. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Taking credit. laughs> all right i think that's gonna wrap it up then so i guess we'll uh say goodbye all around kevin you got any closing remarks um i are we gonna chat after yes we that's, have, okay then the no. super the super secret chat I'll see, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll see i'll see you nerds in tampa and west palm then yeah yeah the plus 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 chat will happen in a second, but Joe, you want to say to, uh, goodbye to everyone? Uh, bye, everyone. And since uh, you guys didn't bother to ask me what song I wanted to hear, I want to hear "Up and Away" <laughs> by Full Band. And uh, yeah, see you guys. What? Wait, no, no, we're not. That's stopping. a shot out of left field right there. Way of all, you don't want to hear Dodo before Dodo. you want to hear "Up and Away." I want to hear Full Band "Up and Away." Oh my God! Let me know so I can go pee during that. Oh that no, be- I don't. I don't agree with that. Oh God! I would oh. go up, listen to up. Right? Go listen to up and away I, again, I and picture the band playing it, and you will change your mind. Mm-hmm. I just did. Hang on, I think I'm having a heart attack right now. <laughs> I'm all right. Okay, I'm I'm back. No, I I would much 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 rather hear Dodo. I agree, but uh, up and away would be cool too. Uh, anyway, well, Matt, thank you for coming back. We we missed you so. Yeah, I will plug. Um, the Ants Marching Twitter, the DMB Live Twitter, just for uh, you know your updates. If you don't have if you don't have a phone that can uh, that can do the apps, and you want to follow the set live, still check it out on uh, DMB Live. That's our Twitter. Um, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and the add on that, just to expand on that. If you don't, again, if you don't have an, app, you don't have a phone, a smartphone, and you still want to get song updates as they're going on live. Sign up for a Twitter account if you don't have one. Subscribe to DMB Live and then do the mobile updates for DMB Live, and you'll get a tweet to your phone every time a song is played live. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, we've been able to, like Jake, you know, loves. We've been able to leverage Twitter really well, um, so we're excited about that. We get great interaction with with the members. Yes. Um, other we, than that, you're welcome. Yeah. Other than that, uh, see guys at West Palm Beach. I'm really psyched for this, and follow our Twitter to to find out where we are and where we're partying and where it's all going down. Absolutely, yeah. Keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll maybe we'll do something from um, West Palm Beach live via Skype, via not Skype, because we're all going to be in the same place smoking cigars. So <laughs> Let's Skype each other while we're sitting next to each other. Wouldn't That'll be the first be time. Fun. 
<laughs> so keep an eye out on that. And I hope everybody's had a great tour. Continue to go see the band and buy everything that you could possibly buy. And uh, we'll see you next time on the next exciting AntsMarching.org podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.